Here we go. Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show, the number one business comedy podcast in the world. We're pushing pragmatic entrepreneurial advice with dick jokes. That's how we roll. I'm your host, Law Smith. Sitting to my right, your left on the tube is Eric Redinger. Some people call me cool, Eric. Ooh. Not going to get old ever calling myself cool. If you want to help the show out as we want to stay number one, when you're number one, there's only one way to go. It's down. Yeah. Let's stay number one. Cool. Tell, share this podcast with a friend, loved one, coworker, someone who's starting a brand, someone who's getting their thing. They, they don't know how to get going. This is what this podcast is about. You can tell them to listen to it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Vimeo, LinkedIn, and your mom's Walkman. This episode of Sweat Equity is brought to you by Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. Like Key Sweat gets you $75 off an annual plan. What's Grasshopper, you say? It's a business phone line. Scalable business phone line. Scalable, dude. You want a Vandy Vandy number, bro? You want one of those numbers like a Vandy license plate? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, uh... No, don't try and do it. You're going to try and do one on your own. It's Arctic. I should have tried to write some jokes before I... Should have done that. That's what I get. Try Grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. Like my homie Key Sweat. 75 bones off an annual plan. Look, business phone lines aren't that expensive. This one you can keep adding. You can you can port numbers. You can forward. You can get vanity. You can uh, you got a desktop app. You got a mobile app. Desktop app is huge. Hey, and compartmentalize your life. You say you can get another one via AT&T because you got AT&T already. Yeah, it gets confusing after a while. You got a Google Voice number? Well, you can't advertise a Google Voice number for your business uh-uh. on Google's platform. They'll pick it up. And... Don't have it go to your personal number. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. Like Key Sweat. My That's body. The third time. Sticking power, baby. Of Key Sweat. That's sticking power. $75 off an annual plan. Let's get this party started. Oh, okay. Jeez. Howdy, Johnny. Okay. What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. My, my sweat equity. Uh, Matt, I'm going to let you do like a, because the, it, every time I've tried to pre-produce everybody's plugs and whatever in their intro, it just, I, I bomb, I, I, I I bomb every time. So I'm just going to let every guest from now on at the top of every episode we have with a guest, just do your own plugs. Let's tell people, tell people who you are, do a little commercial if you want for your, your brand. Uh, but you know, and then we'll get into it because I feel like I forget to give the let them give plugs eh, up top, you know. Better. So go ahead, get, tell everybody who you are, what you do, all that jazz. Sure. My name's uh, Matthew Yates, CEO of Extend Your Team. We find you better virtual assistants to get you out of the day to day grind as an entrepreneur. I'm a serial entrepreneur, didn't start out that way, traditional path, middle class upbringing. Love to snowboard. I'm great at it. I'm terrible at kiteboarding and uh, a lifetime traveler. Okay. <laughs> what other kind of boarding do you do? Yeah. <laughs> Not skateboarding. I, I tried that as a kid. I was terrible. Hoverboarding? Waterboarding? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, no waterboarding. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right answer. Right answer. Uh, and yeah, you uh, you went to the, uh, you got your MBA at Michigan, Michigan's uh, graduate program. 
Go blue. That is the one my dad throughout my whole life was like, I want you to go to Princeton and get an MBA at Michigan. I have no idea why. He was obsessed with me doing that. That explains that grunt he makes every time he sees you. Yeah, and guess guess what happened? I was a C plus student in high school, went right to Auburn. Because <laughs> it was a one pager. It's <laughs> the same. It was a one pager and I got in. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, but I've I've always had a reverence for uh that business school. Uh I guess I was always told it was kind of the best uh public university business school my whole life. So well, Matt's gonna agree for sure. Yeah. Um but how, I, I'm, I'm curious. We connected via LinkedIn. I thought it was one of those spammy LinkedIn messages, yeah. and it was actually a genuine nice. <laughs> it was like, and I just put it Sorry. on. It got cluttered, man. It's look, LinkedIn's really got to fix this problem because yes. I don't know anybody that uh, is kind of worth anything on LinkedIn that doesn't get 10 of these a day or five of them a day of like just kind of like it's bots. And like, if you, if you get tricked into those, I don't get it. You know, um, so you instantly throw shade on every single one. This guy. No, look, look, look. Let's see what no, he's got. No, he, no, he sent a, a, yeah. like a nice message, and it just got in that clutter because I just didn't check. I don't. People just don't check that inbox. Now. I know. I was and, just thinking about it today. I and it's the, the thing, same thing. Here's how you can tell. It'll be like you can tell the template because it'll be. It looks like you're a badass or whatever that whatever they use. They try to go like you're an expert in your field in marketing and advertising. Okay, that's the. That is the sector they pulled from the profile. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, and then it's like, I think we have a lot of things in common. We can help. And it just, it's just like fucking mad libs and filling it in. Yeah. So anyway, kudos to you for writing that. I apologize, but I, uh, apologize for the delay on me getting back. But how, how did you find our podcast? Cause I'm, I, I got to do our own leads data, our own research, or I'm not <laughs> doing my own job. You're going to hate my answer. I'm gonna, so I can tell you the no. truth. I can tell you what you want to hear. No, you're here. No, no what the truth. All right. I didn't write that message. Okay. I fine. That's so, fine. So all right, here's, here's kind of how, you know, so here's what I have to, how it oh, works for me. You know what you did? It was one of those. And what I did start asking people uh-huh. when, they, when they mentioned the podcast, <laughs> when, they mentioned the po- when they mentioned the podcast, I go, what episode do you like? Oh yeah! <laughs> oh shit! Uh, right. Go back. You're the <laughs> only one. Again. So, You're the only one who's answered me back, though. So yeah. After that, so so like you got to use automation and like you, you figure it out, and then you know, then you make a meaningful connection, right? So, it's not all bad. I'm just saying, I yeah. you know, it's saturated. Basically, it's, is my, it's, well, my it's saturated. So like, I guess my perspective, automate connecting with people automatically. I think is is fine, right? But then after that you need to have some sort of real conversation, right? Agreed. Because otherwise you're sitting there, and look, for business networking, you're sitting there clicking like, you know, oh, connect, write a meaningful something, connect. You'll never be able to expand your network. And if you're building a business, it's really tough. Oh, yeah. Right? So, so there's, what I don't like are the three-step, and I tested it, right? And I got, and within 30 days, I got such negative feedback and it wasn't successful. The three-step drip sequence, excuse me, drip sequences where they, you don't, you don't answer the first time, then they hit you with another, they hit you with another, they hit you with another. Yeah. That, that stuff just doesn't work. It, it might, I, I was like, I think about it, it's got to work or people wouldn't keep doing it, but it has to work on such a, you have to do such a huge volume to make that work, I'm sure. And, but here's what they do in the next drip ones. I've, I've noticed this too. This is funny that they'll like, they'll call you out. They'll like, right. they'll, uh, they'll, do hello? like they'll do like the pickup artist yeah. thing. You ever hear of that guy? Negging you? Yeah. yeah. They'll, Negging they'll, you? they'll be, yeah, they'll be like, 
I'm, your this, podcast sucks anyways. Hey, are you an insecure 21-year-old girl? Well, I'm going to treat you like one. Uh, right. They'll be like, hey, I didn't, I didn't hear back from you. What's yeah. wrong? You're like, what? Oh, this is a, this Sorry, is a strip. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah, but you know, the thing is, you both have to realize most people, so we say drip. How many people know what a drip campaign is? How many people believe their tools that there's automated sequencing tools that you can do on LinkedIn and all sorts of automations? People just don't know about it. Sure. So they, people do think that it could be real. And also you could also you know, pay people to do this for you manually. Yeah. You know what I did? And this will kind of dovetail into how you got your company going in the, in the pandy uh, is. Uh, You're going to do that now? Is that a new thing? Word. That's what uh, Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee call it. So I, I like it. it. Sounds cuter. Oh, yeah. Um, you didn't come up the with pandy. That. No, the I didn't. Pandy. I'm stealing it. Um, we've, we've, we, I've, I've referenced that before. But uh, what's it called? I was uh, working for a different. I was working for an agency. And we're B two B and trying to work with manufacturers and you know these more. I cut it all the unsexy businesses for a marketing agency to go after. Um, one thing I did do, and I. I Felt it was similar to your story, uh, and maybe I'm glomming on, but I had to figure out how to get a hold of these guys now. Now I couldn't have any physical interaction. So I started recording custom videos for this targeted list of like 150 guys I had, or women, a few women in there. Uh, and I, it, felt, it felt very lame to record these by myself, but I got the Clips app on my phone and record stuff, and I go... Uh, you know, hey Matt, my name is Law. I'm with blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, I would look them up, and I kind of sh- do an under sixty second kind of like, or under thirty second. Hey, here's who I am. I'm a real person, uh, and I'd send it to him in LinkedIn. I'd I'd make the file small enough so I could send it to him, and then uh, I did. I don't know why I didn't keep doing this. This is my own fault. I was like ten for ten on getting meetings, the first ten I did, and then I did another forty and probably got you know, at least like interest and okay, mm. not right now, but let's talk later. Um, and like, it sounds like a lot of work. That's why you probably stopped doing it. No, I, it's, it was my own just okay. drama of other stuff getting in the cloudy, my, my shit going on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, that is a good way to start it. it but that's a necessity breeds innovation thing. And I feel like your story is kind of something that's kind of parallel to that. If I'm if I'm guessing correctly, yeah, I mean a hundred a hundred percent. I mean, first of all, I've tried, so I use a product called Dub, and I'll, I'll do the same thing, and you know, varying varying results. I think a lot of people. I I actually what I'll do is I'll email people, you know, use their hey by the way, you know, thanks for connecting with me on LinkedIn. I'm going to send you an email if that's okay mm-hmm. with an intro video, and I'll email people that I have moderate success as well. Um, you know, it also depends if they need my service and like, I'm still trying to fine tune that, but it works. I mean, it's, it's personal, right? So like, why did we connect the first connection message? You're like F off, right? Okay, fine. Whatever. I'll play but the game. No, I'll play the you, game. But you, <laughs> right. But you, you hit me up and then you do something meaningful. Right. And I think that's the, the second step being meaningful, I think is really what's important in my opinion. Right, in my opinion, and you don't pitch, right? Like, like, okay, so it's a podcast. It's a little different. Like, I, I'm obviously trying to, you know, go on podcasts, but like for a business, the first thing is, hey, by the way, pay me money. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not, it's not really, 
yeah, take me out yeah. on a date first, you know, before you try to hook up with me. I know. Me. They'll you be know? like, you want help building your web? You need web design? I'm like, I built that shit, oh man. God. Like, why are you going to come here and tell me I need No. I like it. Or, or try try it starting a virtual age, uh, assistant agency that does something different than everyone else. <laughs> all I hear is I get hammered with people like you just all day on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not that. Like, I get right. it. Right. And it's, yeah, LinkedIn really has to solve the problem. They really do because it's also their messaging app is cluttered. It's right. not useful. And, you know, it's just not helpful for anyone. <laughs> yeah, we talk about it a lot on the show just because the targeting is so good. The data is so good compared to any other social. So if you are doing ads or anything like that and the premium stuff they have available is kind of legit. Um, again, LinkedIn get, learning. There, there's that? a lot of research. I was just looking at it today. <laughs> yeah. Really? We, talk, for we talked about it like years ago. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I black out when you talk most of the time. So. Yeah, true. That's fair. That's it's fair. It's new to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> NBC back in the day when they do uh, Seinfeld reruns in the summer. They go, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yes. that's how my yeah. brain works. Good reference, <laughs> yeah. too, dude. Very timely. timely. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, tell us about what – so did you start uh, Extend Your Team in – it like? In 2020, and that May. in May of 2020, May so of 2020. What took you there? How did you get to there? How'd you, <laughs> let's talk sure. how, how you got to May. You don't have to go too deep or too intimate or it, anything, it, but I'm interested no. because sometimes you got to find like, okay, I got to pivot was the the most used word in business last year. Uh, but how did you pivot? What made you pivot? I want to know. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I actually own a an e-commerce portfolio with one of the largest wedding favor sites on the internet. I know I look like a guy that helps people with weddings, right? But I actually have a, a very I used to film weddings. a lot of weddings. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta get those uh, Indian weddings, by the way. That's the real shit. Those are Oh my god, you get like a thousand people. They're like three days. I know. That's yeah. I don't want to be doing th- they pay for elephants and shit. Fucking they got bank, man. Uh, yeah. they put, I, I've got one in India, like two in India, and they're insane. Like it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Well, buddy, t- you gotta awesome. Hit, it's awesome. We're, we're out of Tampa, which has like one of the biggest Indian populations, I think, in the U.S. So uh, the 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 Hollywood Oscars were here like five years ago. The Bollywood Oscars mm-hmm. or whatever. So uh, hosted by friend of the program, Serena Faison. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah, so I was working. So I acquired it like five years ago, and I just started working like fourteen hours a day. I bought this business. It was sufficiently large and I was just, you know, for three and a half years, I just got murdered. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I, you know, I made the mistake thinking that operations is, it's important, but to a point, right? Growth is more important. Focusing on expanding your marketing. I'll just put this operations book away. (laughs) Yeah. No scale. Oh, by the way, I'm reading. I mean, I just finished it. Uh, I'm implementing it for the new business. Great, great book. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, so, but through this, through attrition, first it was a U.S.-based workforce when I acquired it. Then through attrition and otherwise, it went to, I did fully remote. And so at the time, I, you know, this was a year and a half ago, I was, you know, I'm going to, on a trip to, to China with my wife. And she it was with her family and she uh, suggested, in air quotes, that uh, I not work over this trip because it's be a family vacation. So I don't know if either of you are married, but... Uh, we were. We not both anymore. Were. Yeah. We got kids, though. We got you. Okay. Yeah. So you both know, not a suggestion. 
Right. And so I said, okay. So she said, go hire someone. That, you have all these Filipinos working for you. Hire someone to run the business. And I said, hey, hon, don't think that's possible. She said, yes, it is. 100 million people in the country. It's possible. Spent two months. I found someone who was a chief of staff for a 100-person development shop. I convinced her to come on and run my six-person company. Right. And I went from working. I went to China. I, taught, I onboarded her for a week. I went to China. I worked an hour a day in China. She did everything 80% perfect, with, which is better than I could have ever hoped. Sure, sure, sure. In six weeks, here's the kicker. I went from 14 hours a day to three hours a day. And then within a year, it was three hours a week, like two to three. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so the seeds were planted. Like, wow. Everyone thought I was crazy. No one had ever just went up market in the Philippines because everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get someone for $5 and whatever. So fast forward to the pandemic. Well, you know, e-commerce is like the best place to be right now. You know what's not a great place to be? Any Weddings. Weddings. Huh? Yeah. So I, you know, I went down from, there was what, 4,000 orders a month down to like 1,500, 1,200 or something like that. Right. So you can imagine the massive change. So once I figured out how to you know, save the ship, and make sure that the business will run because I like to say it's I, I the business isn't out of business. It's just on pause. It's slower. It's still it's still large, but it's not as large, so it's less interesting. I said to Angelica, I said, "What about we find great people like you and just create an agency?" She said, "Can you do it? Absolutely, hundred percent, no problem." And so that's where we started, and we're at roughly fifty people uh, since May, and wow. it's the reason I think that it's resonating is where everybody is going, I'm going to get someone cheap, five bucks an hour, lots of management time. They can do three things. I'm sitting here saying for 16 to 20 bucks, I'll get you a legit project manager or executive to help you run your business and you can offload stuff. So imagine 80% of your day, you no longer have to do because you can actually delegate it to someone who can think clearly and do work who has 15, 20 years, 10, 10 to 20 years experience, right? Who has legitimate business experience in their own right. And now they're working for your small business. I mean, imagine the impact that can make. And we're seeing it time and time again that people just want better people. Yeah. And for you know, the US, that price range is well within reason for someone good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, what's, what I'm thinking about is, you know, we've heard go overseas to get it cheaper, like you're saying. And now what's interesting is I've probably heard that for 20 years. And so those skills, people are going to move up to that executive level. It's not just entry work, entry level kind of work workers that you're finding. I mean, I'm sure they're always there, but I'm sure as, as more people got into doing more, uh, let's just say digital for the sake of, you know, a broad stroke, but like sure. some people are going to move up in that world over there to be able to, you know, be ready for that kind of thing. Like, could you do this 15, 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe you could probably find some people, but not, not like we have it now where there's a, a lot of marketplaces to find people. Right. And, and the tools. So I, what, what also has happened in the past 15 or 20 years, the tools have gotten so good. Just think about like right now, zoom, right? We're, we're on a zoom call. It's great. Right. For 20 years ago, you didn't have this. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't do what you're doing now without it. Shit. Sort of I mean, no, in 2019, no. a lot of people didn't use Zoom. 
Right. Yeah. You know, like everyone's like acting like Zoom's a new thing. It's like, what? This has been around yeah. for a while. But it, I always think it's interesting because Skype isn't taken off. Google Meet doesn't take off. Zoom took off because of its ease of use. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And because uh, we love China and they, they probably own it and run it. We love you, China. Yeah, I mean, just kidding. Um, I, I think also Zoom's a better product, frankly. When yeah. I use Skype, it just sucks up all my resources on my computer. Zoom doesn't seem to. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's just funny. So tell me about this. Uh it's a here's something a lot of people are going through right now too, as as uh there's a lot of kind of remote working, right? Yeah. It I always think about management in general, management of people. Everybody thinks kind of like marketing and a sense of humor. Everybody thinks they I know, can do that. Everybody thinks they got it. Yeah. In, innately, right? People think they know how to manage people without ever reading anything about how to manage people or assessing what they're doing themselves. And then you mix this part in where being a remote project manager or a manager of someone of anything, uh, you know, that's its own kind of skill too, right? Like you have to be very consistent. I'm sure you're checking in, you know, I'm going to check in with you at this time every day, you know, Monday through Friday to make sure we're on point. And we, you've got some, you know, PM system like Asana or Monday.com or something where you can see it without having to talk to them. You can see the progress if you wanted to check it later in the day, say, you know, because you got a time zone thing going on. Is can you tell us about anything that any tips you have on on being a better kind of remote manager? Because I I I talk to people all the time. They're like, this, you know, Zoom, it doesn't work. You know, having all of us spread out and stuff. I'm like. You better figure that shit out. Like, yeah. Because uh, it's, it's this, th- people are going to find cost savings of not having everybody in an office and it's not going away. So, how do you, oh, no. how can, how can one, myself included, how can one develop better skills in that kind of remote uh, management? Do you have any yeah, tips so or anything? I, sure. So, I've been doing this for a few years now because so, I was always remote. The, the company I have, the e commerce was always remote, it was always people. You know, they were in Minnesota at the time. So you, first of all, you need to use video conferencing, right? So that's, you know, remember, no one wants to be the recipient of an email or Slack message and that's how they're managed and that's it, right? They're real people, right? They just happen to sit somewhere else, whether that's they're sitting at, you know, at their house in the same city or across the world. It doesn't really matter. They're real people, so treat them like that. That is rule number one. Two, you have to use tools. I would say like Asana, Trello. I like Monday. That's a favorite of mine. But we help clients implement all this. And then three, you have to have, like have some sort of consistency. So one of the things, so you talk about scaling up the book you're reading that I'm, I just literally told my team yesterday, we, we're going from twice a week meetings for my virtual assistant business to 15 day, a minute a day standups yep. where every single day we're going to talk for 15 minutes, the entire team. You have one minute. Tell me what you're doing tomorrow. Yeah, we just impl- oh wow, we just started doing that. We just implemented we- that three, yeah. two, three weeks ago, and it's made a huge difference in communication. You know, yeah. so yeah, those are huge. So, and I think it's also good for, to give you know people visibility, right? That may not right. because they're they're not a senior. So we're gonna so do so. I would also recommend you know consistency tools and just think of them as they're just down the hall from you, but you just don't see them. How would you work? And, and you know, think of it like like that. Yeah. You have to just really conceptualize they are part of your team. 
I, I have, I've spoken to people who said, I, you know, I'm having problems with my virtual assistants. It's all right. How, how many times a week you speak to them? Wow, well, once a quarter? <clears throat> Sorry, so you call them <laughs> once a quarter. Right. How, how would you feel? Mm -hmm. I, don't, I wouldn't like that. Okay? Like, just because you pay someone less doesn't mean they're any less valuable. It's it's just sure. it's a, I think it's a bias that we have in the United States. Definitely, if they're not from the U.S., they're not as good. They're not as valuable. But the truth is, people overseas many times are more talented than us in specific areas, and you're just paying less because that's the market rate in their country. Mm -hmm. It's not a poverty wage, right? When I pay executives uh, on my team, I'm not paying a poverty wage. I'm paying them a legitimate executive salary in the Philippines. Yeah, it just happens to be less for us, right? But their cost of living is less. Yeah, it's a, it, it probably categorizes an emerging market, you know, country. I don't know, if, uh, but it definitely comes up a lot in these scenarios in terms of remote working and stuff. The Philippines seems like to be the place to be for that. Uh, I think a lot of it's because a lot of them speak English is part of it, yes. right? Um, and then uh, you know, I think they're hungry for the work. I think everybody's been. <laughs> Guarded on uh, going to India for just going broad strokes on this, just because there's been bad experiences with a lot of people trying to do that overseas over there. I, for whatever reason, I don't know. That's not my wheelhouse. But um, yeah, Philippines comes up and a buddy of mine told me the, the place to get programmers is uh, uh, somewhere in the Eastern Europe. Area. Yeah, Ukraine is amazing. Ukraine's not, good. I got one better for you. Uh, comes from our, our buddy, uh, Fergus is uh Peru. He's oh. telling me, hey, wow. I made the, I made the opinion after hearing everything he was telling me about it. I was like, Oh, they're the nerds of South America. Cause he's like, okay. it's, I'm like, Oh, I think of Peru is like, kind of like Colombia. It's not even close. No. They're like, they're in the mountains. Uh, they're, well, Colombia has mountains too, but I know, but I mean like they're, they're just like, it's not as like, uh, it's not as vibrant, let's say as Brazil or Colombia. What I associate with yeah, South in your America. mind. Yeah. Right. And he was like, that's where you get these good programmers now. For whatever reason, that's that whole market has developed a lot of uh, talented people. And that's so there give a little tip back for you. I just give tips from smarter people. I'm just a vessel. So no, it's I'm check it out. I mean, it's you know, I, I think you know the reason Philippines, like you said, is just English. They've worked with Americans for a long time. The, uh, a lot of the major U.S. companies are in the Philippines doing business process outsourcing. So there is a deep bench of talent mm. in the Philippines that you may not find in other places. Specific, specifically towards customer service and operations, because they're so used to it, uh, and they have twenty-four hour centers in Manila. It's it's crazy, and so. You can just, as a small business owner, tap into that and pay competitive wages for prices of, you know, fast food workers here, right? So, you know, minimum, it's, and it's minimum wage in the United States will be $15 an hour. That's where, well, at least that's where it seems to be going. So if you look at it like that, so you can pay roughly United States minimum wage and get an executive. Yeah. How do, wow. you, how do you compete with that? Right. It's phenomenal. That's a Chick-fil-A worker. Yeah, and they're and by the way, they're awesome. And these the people in the Philippines are incredibly loyal. They're amazing to work with, and they just want to succeed. And because you're a U.S. company, they you know you treat them very well, so they're happy. Yeah, interesting. That's very it's very good insight. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, yeah. We we were talking a little bit uh, when I asked you which episode you liked. 
I, I'm hoping you actually listened to it, but you probably made it. You could have looked at the headline, but we we're talking. You were saying how you liked the one about. Uh, we were talking about customer service uh, in an episode a couple. I don't know, a couple months back, and tell tell us about that because I, you know, in an age of no customer service, if you can really set yourself apart as someone who gives a shit. Like, uh, what was the book you were reading? The Zappos? Oh, yeah. Uh, Delivering Happiness. Yeah. Uh, th- you can really set yourself apart from a lot of these faceless kind of companies that are going big volume. What do you, what do you think about kind of that as far as uh, adding value from a customer s- service standpoint in this remote kind of working world? Uh, all my customer service people for my econ business are in the Philippines. Yeah. And by the way, from major, major corporations and small corporations and e-commerce in the internet world. I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't even estimate how many customer service people in the Philippines. But are they trying to make a connection like you're trying to make connections on the kind of business development side? You know, I, your, I, like your personal kind of, uh, uh, call it your tactic of relationship marketing, I'll say. Are, are you having them become more account-based managers and not just sure. faceless, you know, behind a chat bot of, uh, sure. of Q, you know, Q and a stuff. On your yeah. Side. So, so what, so, the, so all the above, and I have to tell you, I was taken back, really taken back this year about one of my, my team members. I'll just give you a story. So she runs customer service for me. So the customer service for me is people call in chat and email, and they say they do a really great job of making sure the customer is happy. I said, so I have a gift basket. I have two decent sized gift basket sites as well. And I said to my head of customer service, I want you to take over corporate order. Now, corporate ordering is not $100. Corporate order is thousands. She completed, I think it was five $10,000 orders, a few $30,000 order, orders, and one $90,000 order. She did that all on her own. No help from me, right? I was blown. I was, look, I was nervous. I just sat back and watched. I'm not going to lie. I was very nervous because it's obviously a lot of money, but she did a a, a phenomenal job. So yeah, you can get it. They, you look, it's about training. You have to, you still have to train people. Right. Right. It doesn't really matter. Like they're not going to come in and say, Hey, I know everything about your business and your customer service. You have to train people to do customer service your way. And once you do that and you give them the systems, there's no reason why they can't you know, you can't have the same results I have. Yeah. We're in a playbook mode, similar to that. Let's figure out the playbook. So then we can, you know, start scaling it out a little bit better that we're on the same page too. And a lot of things. Um, one thing I like asking people like yourself, that's a serial entrepreneur. What's your routine? What's your morning routine? Doesn't have, you don't have to give us the whole day or week, but I'm always curious because you have to be very self-disciplined and some of you can tell us it can be just work, but I always, like to hear like the work life balance stuff. So I get up, I go for a run or whatever it is. And then I, I check email. Then I do this. We like the pragmatic shit. We like the small minutia. So hit us with your yeah. routine. Yeah. So I'll wake up, I'll meditate for about 30 minutes, maybe 40. I, so what time are we waking up? Curious. Uh, well, so I'm in Hawaii right now. I've been waking up at like five 30 just okay. naturally. Uh, but usually I'm waking up at like six 30. Okay. So six 30, you know, wake up, you know, just get up go sit on my couch, meditate for 30, 40 minutes. Then uh, depending on what I have going on, may, you know, may have breakfast with my wife, right? We may go for a walk, may not. Um, 
then I just start my day. So if I'm uh, in the mountains, like I'll stop my day at 1.30, I'll go snowboarding, I'll go snowshoeing with my wife, do something. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, then I'll clock in to make sure, it really just depends what's going on, clock in to make sure like, you know, I didn't miss anything. But generally speaking, my day now, because I have a team, is I'm talking to podcasters, I'm doing marketing, I'm doing you know, all sorts of interviews, talking to customers, I'm doing sales, high value things. Right after this, I'm going to go meet my wife for a lunch and we're going to have a two hour lunch, you know, down at one of the hotels around here. So it's, it's really a, a solid balance, but the real thing that I get to do, honestly, because I have a team is I, cl- I get to clock out early and not stress out about it or, or not stress out as much as I cannot stress hmm. out about my business. Sure. Yeah. That look, that'll take up a lot of attic space, man. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, just, it's, it's, it's not what everyone thinks. Entrepreneurship is a crazy roller coaster. You could be riding high and then look what happened to me. I had a great business that is on pause because COVID it's nothing I could do. doesn't matter. There's, there's, I mean, you know, pivoting, Oh, you could pivot to sell wedding favors to remarket it to something else. Yeah. Not really. Cause it's saturated. Right. So like, I don't have a unique angle. Well, you pivoted in a, in a different brand. You pivoted, you know, in a different mode, I'd say. It's still, it's still you, you figure it out on the fly. That's, that's the real... The wider pivot. Adaptability is the, the real kind of key of being a, 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 a uh, you know, successful entrepreneur. And we talk about it. Look, entrepreneurship's lonely. Your wife, you know, she sounds like she is kind of involved, but not, she's probably not doing everything with you and knows everything you're doing. And uh, even if she was your 50 50 partner on it for the business or any of the businesses you do, you still, you know, wouldn't know each other. Others, what the plight either both are going on. Right. So we always say it's like, it's a entrepreneurship is a, it's like being sometimes on a, a life raft out in the middle of, uh, of the Gulf here. We call it Gulf of Mexico, but yeah, yeah. It, it really is. I mean, look, my, you know, my wife, we talk about the business, right. But she's not, in it day to day. She has a job. She's doing, she's a senior executive. So power couple. Nice. So <laughs> yeah. So she, and so she's a senior executive. And so like, you know, she can help me, you know, give me advice, but she's not executing. And at this point, you know, the other thing about entrepreneurship, and I realized that I made this mistake. My job is not to execute. Right. And that's the critical thing. If anyone can take away is your job as an entrepreneur is not to execute. You need to hire that out. Hmm. It's, otherwise, it's impossible to grow. There's no entrepreneur who's been successful and has grown a massive business by doing it all him, him or herself. It's not, it's yeah, you, not you, yeah. you can't be the generalist and the specialist at the same time. Uh, I, learned, I, mean, I learned that the hard way, for yeah. sure. <laughs> this is why I know, I I'm having PTSD flashbacks right now. <laughs> I spent three and a half years working 14 hours a day for what? Yeah, okay, I optimized stuff. Things may have run better, but I didn't execute on a grander vision. And guess what? No, I didn't fail. The business will end up surviving and all this stuff. But I don't have three and a half years of my life back. Right. And that's the, like, to me, that's the failure, right? Now, I, you know, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I'm thinking about my business a lot. It occupies mind space. I'm reading books to try to better it. And, so on and so forth. I'm scaling it quickly, but I at least have a lot more control over my day. And I just say, do this, do this, do this, do this. Let's hire someone to do this. Right. And I probably would have had this foresight had I not gone through that pain, but I'll tell you, man, three and a half years of pain was not worth it. 
I probably should have cut bait after like a year and a half, a year. It's like, tough. It's, it's just, tough to know. It's tough to be, assess know. it, you know, yeah. without being sunk subjective. Uh, yeah, the sunk cost fallacy and all that stuff. Uh, what uh, we try to keep these episodes pretty quick, and we will make sure we don't keep your wife waiting uh, after we're done. We ask everybody uh, first time they come on. We end the episode with this. What advice would you give your 13-year-old self? Be more academic. Wow. That's a <laughs> new one. Academic. We haven't heard that. Yeah. Why were you not you weren't you weren't a bookworm kind of person? Um, so I think what happened to me is like it, uh when I was like 13 up to 13, I would have said yes. At right around that age, I started slacking off and it wasn't until years later I realized what the price is. Right? So it's right. Like, look, you can be successful without a fancy. Like I went to Michigan, right? I got my way back up there, right? Mm-hmm. But you can be successful without a fancy education, for sure. But it does make it easier when, like, when you come out of college, if that's what you do, when you have better grades, you go to a better school. Like, I didn't realize the difference until I went to Michigan. I didn't realize that, yeah, companies just recruit you and, like, throw money at you just to come work for them. I had no idea because that was not my experience out of undergrad. Interesting. So, yeah. You know, I had to work a lot harder. Okay. Well, uh, hey, we're going to have you back on at some point. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, this is really Glad you're a real guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a real person. We, we find out he's an AI bot. Uh, all yeah, time. Like, Holy <laughs> shit. <That was> amazing. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. And uh, it, it's uh, extendyourteam.com is the site. Right? Yep. Yep. It is. Okay. I thought we lost you for a second. Like, huh? No. no. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was listening. All right, buddy. No, uh, all right, yeah. Thank you, everyone. I really appreciate the opportunity. Mahalo. Man, thank you.